All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a Thursday edition of Daily Faceoff Live, streaming live on the Daily Faceoff YouTube, where we are looking for your inbox questions, so drop those in with the hashtag AskDFO. The show, as always, is brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.cm. Tyler Remtrek, he is Frank Saravalli, and you got a new trade targets list, Frank. Were you burning the midnight oil last night? I was. Uh, lots on the go. Oiler game, late, 10:22 local time start. Uh, there was lots happening, and you and I were enjoying the Austin Matthews two-goal performance. We were riding together on Matthews two or more goals last night, so that was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I was sitting watching the Oilers game, just constantly refreshing uh, the Leafs Coyote score. And he, I mean, he got one so quick into the game that it was almost immediate. You and I were texting like, it's a lock. Like he popped in that first one and uh, you just knew. I mean, you knew he was going to do it. So let's start there. Let's begin with our four topics for the day. Austin Matthews hits the 50 goal mark, the fastest U.S. born player to hit 50 goals. I mean, Frank, honestly, one of the fastest players in NHL history to reach 50 goals. And you just knew with him going into Arizona, the storyline was too good for him to not do it last night. It just kind of felt like a lock all day, and I don't know why that is. And the funny thing is, historically and statistically, Austin Matthews against the Arizona Coyotes, there's only one team in the league that he scored fewer goals against, and that's the LA Kings heading into last night's game. Matthews had five and 12 games against the Coyotes in his career, but one back of 50 on that chase to get there and then to do it in his hometown. I mean, it just felt like that was going to be what's happening, especially for a Coyotes team that lost 11 straight as of last night. So 
Um, not only the fastest U.S. born player, as you mentioned, to get to 50, but the fastest in the NHL in since 1996 when Mario Lemieux had 50 and 50. The fact that we were even potentially flirting with or talking about 50 and 50 is insane. He was darn close at 51 and 54. Yeah, it's absolutely bananas that it even got that close. I remember it like the 35-36 game mark. You brought up that possibility on the DFO rundown. I was like, there's just, there's no way. Eventually, every player, no matter how good you are, goes through, you know, a five-six game run where you just don't score. But Matthews has one, avoided that, two, stayed pretty much healthy all season. I know he missed the one game and the hat tricks really helped boost that up. Yeah, I was gonna say six hat tricks. I mean, that'll go a long way in terms of helping you get close to 50 and 50. So I know some people were laughing on Twitter yesterday because there's a bunch of different math about what Austin Matthews is on pace for. Some people were saying 76, 77, 78 because of the one game he missed. That gave me a chuckle. But what is the ceiling here, Frank? Like 70 feels like it's going to happen at this point. He only needs 19 more, but like 75 pushing maybe high 70s. Yeah, I, I would think that 70 right now is a lock and... It's all going to come down to health. As you mentioned, he's missed one game. No reason to doubt, knock on wood, that you know he'll stay healthy and, and be in the mix. But what's the ceiling? I think 75, 76 is probably the ceiling. Like With those six hat tricks baked in, you're probably thinking like it, it does inflate the numbers a little bit. So you're right. Uh, there's got to be some stretch. You would think at some point this season that he at least slows down for a two to three or five game period in time. We haven't seen it yet. And the confidence and swagger is off the charts. It's he's back to being the assassin that he was a couple years ago. When he walked in that building, you knew he was scoring. And that's a pretty scary thought for the rest of the league. It's just that the rest of the Leafs need to help out and do a little bit more as well. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. It's just one of those years where everything is going the way or going Austin Matthews way. Like that first goal he scored from the bottom of the circle, just firing it short side on Vimelka. That was crazy. And then, you know, you're having a great year when you just go to the net and a puck bounces off you and trickles in. Like it's just been unbelievable for Austin Matthews. And as of late, the Leafs have been playing pretty unbelievable. When Morgan Riley was giving his five-game suspension, Frank, there was a lot of talk. Okay, is this going to be like a galvanizing thing for this Leafs team? Are they going to rally around Morgan Riley's absence and find a way to come together? Or is it going to totally sink them? It was the former. They go 5-0. and They outscore the opposition by 16 goals in those five games as well. Their power play jumps up. Penalty kill, not great, but we'll set that aside for now. Morgan Riley set to make his return to the lineup, Frank, with the Leafs feeling much more confident about not their playoff chances, but maybe their chances of getting out of a wild card spot and grabbing one of the three Atlantic division spots. The Leafs have been absolutely incredible without Morgan O'Reilly, the last Morgan Riley, the last two years. 22 and one is their record. And I have no way of explaining it. The power play taking an uptick is certainly fascinating. But I think for me, more than anything, the Leafs told me something about them and their makeup over this last 10 days since Morgan Riley has been suspended. We all talked about how this would be a pivotal time of year for them, missing their best defenseman on what's already a, a pretty thin decor. But not only did they have some other guys step up in McCabe and Benoit and go down the list, but 
they had a competitive fire as a team that I think on a consistent basis has been missing for most of the year. So this is a team that I think in my own head has inched closer back toward being in contender mode, given what they showed. If they can get some additions here, maybe this is a team that can once and for all compete. And it sometimes takes moments like this. Sometimes it takes a Ridley Gregg slap shot into your empty net. Uh, one of the worst teams in the league this year showing you up in order to get your head screwed on straight. But the fact that they went undefeated without Riley in the lineup to me is a huge sign for this team moving forward. So does this maybe change their deadline plans at all? You mentioned how big guys like Benoit McCabe have stepped up in his absence. Lilligren's been really, really solid in this stretch as well. Do you still think they're sitting there going, we need a D-man or two? Or do you look at the lack of production from Domi and Bertuzzi and you can kind of go down the list of a bunch of guys who just haven't really been producing as of late? Do they sit there and say, oh, maybe with Riley back, everyone getting slotted down, we're good on D, we go add some scoring? I think that's the thing is they've got multiple holes to fill. I think they know in their heart of hearts that as well as the defense played without Riley, that they certainly need help and depth on the back end. They need impact pieces and they also really need help in their bottom six. It's they're just not getting the offense, the contribution, the creative juice on a night to night basis that they really need in order to be a successful team. You can't be a one or two line team and expect to go deep in the playoffs. And that's part of the issue that they're facing is they only have so much to go around in terms of assets. And as much as Brad true living, I think wants to help this team and put them in a position for better success in this year in which they've got Austin Matthews having this incredible year and his connection with Mitch Marner has been fantastic. All those things all line up, but if you don't have the picks, you don't, really want to delve into your prospect pool, you're kind of in a tough spot that you're only going to be able to, unless it's a package deal, trade for multiple players that you know, you're know you going to have to pick and choose. And then we also didn't really talk about their goaltending at all with Joe Wall now going down to the Marlies for a conditioning stint. That's another interesting question, Mark, is, is the Leafs, when, even if you solve both the the defense and the forward positions, which I think is really hard to do in one fell swoop. Then what about the goaltending? Do you have the goaltending that can compete for a cup? Yeah, I think that remains a massive question mark and something there. Maybe the results over the next two weeks here or 15 days are going to determine uh, the chat with it, threw it up a little bit. Patrick said crazy that Bobby McMahon in seven games has more goals than Bertuzzi or Domi. Bobby McMahon, a hell of a story as of late for this Leafs team as well. He just keeps on finding the back of the net. Morgan Riley returns tonight for the Leafs against the Vegas Golden Knights. The other big story from the games last night, Frank, was out in Edmonton where the Oilers and Bruins, man, I mean, Earlier this week, we said we got the goal of the year from Quinton Byfield. We very easily may have seen the game of the year last night between the Bruins and Oilers, a heavyweight matchup, a comeback overtime. It was a really, really entertaining hockey game. But one thing that was really cool was seeing Jake DeBrus not just return to Edmonton. He's done that a handful of times, but obviously going up against the Oilers where his dad works on the Sportsnet broadcast. We had a unique kind of moment during the pregame warm-up. Let's take a listen. Listen, you chirped me last time, but I'm going to go off the page a little bit here. When you were young, you and Jordan made us really nice gifts when you were youngsters. And one of them, you made 
Oh, the golden tickets. And you know what? I looked over this whole coupon and it doesn't have an expiry date. So I'm cashing it in tonight, kiddo. A goal assist or 30 push-ups right here. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that right now, but I'll keep that in mind. Appreciate that. All right. Love you, kiddo. Have a good one, all right? A really cool moment during warm-ups, Frank. And then just quickly before I get your thoughts on it, what does Jake DeBrusque do during the game? Let's take another listen. he wanted to do push-ups <laughs> congratulations kiddo wow good shift by this line what a moment hey frank yeah really cool i hey i don't want to do push-ups i'm sure jake debrus didn't want to do push-ups really cool like i you know as a as a parent you always have some little mementos and you never know what you come across or you find just yesterday i was cleaning up my desk and i had a happy birthday card that my son Christian drew and, you know, right at the top, there was a little daily face off logo and he had some, you know, different stuff that he drew on there. And it was like, you know, I always try and keep those things, but you never know when you come across it and find it, let alone when you're calling your son's game in the NHL as a former NHL player. You know, I hope that at some point, if, you know, whatever my son does, whatever walk of life he's successful in, that you can have something like that where you're just so incredibly proud as a parent. And so really cool to see, uh, you know, just the the golden ticket sort of show up and uh, make its way under the broadcast. And you can't script those moments, those amazing things that happen. You get a goal in front of your family, in front of your dad calling the game that, you know, that's something that they'll remember forever. So congrats to both Louie and Jake DeBrusque. And it ends with a big victory for the Bruins. Uh, the Oilers were down 4-1 in that game. They turn on the Jets. Big third period comeback. They needed to actually come back twice in the third period. But Boston gets the last laugh in overtime. I wanted to give a shout-out to Mason Lowry, Frank. Watching that game in person, first off, the Bruins are already banged up on the blue line. No Hampus Lindholm. Matt Grizzly goes down in the first period, doesn't return. So they're down to five D-men. Lowry, as you can see here, three apples on the game played a career-high 23-22, and his most common opponent on the ice was Connor McDavid. He played over 10 minutes at all strengths against number 97. The Bruins got some really gutsy performances from a handful of guys lower down in their lineup. They'd been sputtering along for a bit, which is four wins in their last 10, but that was a highly, highly entertaining hockey game last night in Edmonton. Yeah, and now you can see why Matt Krizlik's name has occasionally popped up on the trade radar because... As a pending UFA guy, Mason Lorai is pushing him on the left side. And certainly as a young guy that the Bruins are are high on, um, he's the wave of the future for Boston. And that makes potentially someone like Grizzlick and his cap hit available. So um, interesting to see the development. And it's been interesting to watch some of the young players in the NHL come in to Edmonton this season and put on a show. I, I remember I was in the building when they played the Rangers earlier this year and Braden Schneider was excellent. Like those types of performances, I think going up against the very best in the league, sometimes that can drag the, the most out of young players. All right, let's move along and wrap up our first four topics with a little this or that on a Thursday afternoon. Frank, and I got a couple here for you, and I think we'll start. We started the show with Austin Matthews, so I'm going to go there to begin. He's clearly the number one American-born player in the NHL right now. But if I gave you a this or that 
on who's number two on your list of best American-born players. You obviously have the Kachuk brothers with Matt in Florida having another hell of a season with 65 points in 56 games. You got Brady on the other side. He's picked up 45 points, even though the season hasn't gone all that well for the Ottawa Senators. The other options are obviously the Hughes brothers with Luke and Quinn. Quinn, a front runner for the Norris. Or sorry, not uh, not Luke, uh, Jack and Quinn. Quinn, a front runner for the Norris. Jack was in the Hart Trophy mix before injuries derailed things. Who is number two on your list, Frank? If I'm building a team or is it just pure pick a player? Pure pick a player. Who's the second best American born player in the league right now? Jack Hughes. All right. I think Quinn is a close second, but if I was building a team, I think I would pick Matthew Kachuk. Hmm. Interesting. So it really flips when you consider like longevity, not just right now in the moment. It's not even just longevity. I just like all the other things that Matthew Kachuk has as elements in his game, his compete, his physicality, and the fact that he can score hundred point seasons. Like it's, it's not really a huge far cry from where Jack Hughes is or where he's heading. So I just think the different elements, but if we're talking pure talent, I think it's Jack Hughes. Yeah, that's probably fair. 40 points in 39 games this year for Hughes. When he's been in the lineup, things have been going a lot better for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, earlier this morning on the DFO Rundown, Frank, we got into a really interesting redraft debate about the 2020 draft, and it sparked another redraft kind of question for me. We saw Quinn Hughes the season he's having. A couple other defensemen are having unbelievable seasons on the offensive front. It's Noah Dobson out, in, out on Long Island, and it's Evan Bouchard in Edmonton. Bouchard went 10th overall in 2018. Dobson went just two picks later, 12th overall in 2018. They're now third and sixth, respectively, in D-man scoring. If you were starting a franchise today and you could only have one of Bouchard or Dobson, which one would it be? It would probably be Dobson. As much as I like Bouchard and as well as he's played on that power play, I think Dobson is a bit more dynamic and he plays with more urgency in his game than Bouchard. And that's one thing that some of its eye test, some of its personal preference, they're obviously pretty close. Um, I'm going to take Dobson in this case. Yeah, I think as we kind of look ahead to the Four Nations face-off next year and the Olympics, the year after that, Dobson is starting to feel like he's an absolute lock to make that Canadian Olympic team. Bouchard, I'm, I'm still not 100% if he'll be in the mix for uh, for those Olympic and Four Nation uh, face-off teams. But I think my answer is probably Dobson, too. I mean, yeah. almost minutes a night. It's, it's a crazy question, though, because you start to get into redrafting the whole year. And I think Quinn Hughes is still... I think Quinn Hughes would be the number one defenseman taken. I think Rasmus Dahlin would still be two. But I'm going to give you a real hot take. Dobson, Bouchard, the next guy I go with is actually Sean Dersey. I'm going to go Quinn Hughes, Rasmus Dahlin, Sean Dersey. Really? Over Bouchard and over Dobson. Just quickly, is Dersey long for the desert? Like, they're really struggling. If they wanted to cash in on him, they could probably get a ton, couldn't they? Are the Coyotes long for the desert? I mean, that's but really what we run into is... You know, where I personally, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be signing a contract extension with a team that I don't know their future in the city. That's just my own take. So I don't know what Sean Dersey is thinking. I don't know what, if anything, the Coyotes have presented him, but I think he's a pretty special player. Man, what a draft for D-men as well. Like you just go what through. A trade for Arizona, only giving up a second round pick for him last year. Could you imagine it'd be like, since he's in the same category, 
Bouchard or Dobson and Dersey getting only a second round pick. Like, come on. That was, that was an insane misstep by the LA Kings. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that. Uh, Let's move along. We got a new trade targets list to sink our teeth into with a new edition of icebreakers. Icebreakers is delivered by DoorDash. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. Restaurants, groceries, and more all delivered right to your door with DoorDash. Frank, you got the new trade targets list coming out as a part of our deadline countdown series today over at dailyfaceoff.com and the top 10 has a bit of a new look to it before we get into some of the new faces on this top 10 i want to start with a couple of the constants in noah hannafin and chris tanov jacob markstrom their teammate joins them as well coming in at number 10 it has been insanely quiet on the trade front over the last seven to ten days here do you think GM Craig Conroy is maybe itching to jump the gun with one of these three. Could he be the next GM to make a move? Well, with so many different dominoes to fall, I mean, our eyes have been locked on Calgary for a long time now. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. almost every facet of this deadline runs through them. They've got the best goalie available and the two best defensemen available. Now there's obviously tons of intrigue about Jake Gensel and what happens with him and maybe some of the guys in the center market and Scott Lawton who has term and Adam Henrique and Anaheim, but Calgary's got the two best defensemen available and they've had a hard time drumming up a market for Hannafin Um, partially because of his preference to play in the U S and also partially because some of the teams that may be interested just don't have the assets to pull off a trade at this exact moment in time. Tanev is a different story. They've got lots of teams interested, but for the most part, everyone's more or less kind of offering the same price. So Craig Conroy is burning up the phones. He's spending like quite literally hours a day talking to general managers, trying to make something happen. I think in a perfect world, he'd begin to check some of these boxes off the list so that he can then turn his attention to focus solely on 
you know, maximizing the return for Hannafin, for instance, or squeezing a bit more out of Tanev, whatever the pecking order might be. It's just that he's everyone's kind of sitting here right now. And the, part of the issue is, and why we haven't seen a trade in three weeks is maybe outside of those couple guys who are really intriguing. A lot of managers that I talk to think that this trade market as a whole is really kind of thin. Yeah, it's interesting to see that three GMs control 80% of your top 10 here. The other set of teammates or one of the other sets of teammates that is there is Jake Gensel and Riley Smith out in Pittsburgh. A little two-parter here, Frank. Gensel has flown up your board since the last time we've done this. Now into the top five before I believe he was outside of the top 20. Riley Smith joins him, wasn't even on the radar before. Is it now maybe fair to say greater than 50% chance Gensel gets moved and also just quickly on the uh, market for Riley Smith? Yeah, I do think there's a greater than 50% chance. I think it's probably in the 70s. The Penguins are nine points back. And yes, they've got some games in hand. And yes, if you really want to squint hard, you can convince yourself that their analytics and underlying metrics are really pretty good and they should have more wins. But more or less closing in on 60 games of the season, the Penguins are at 53. That type of argument doesn't really hold a lot of weight for me. Not only that, but Gensel is out until after the deadline. I don't think that's going to impact his trade value, but um, he's such an elite player and he's north of a point per game four of the last five seasons. He's a gifted goal scorer and he's already proven to be clutch in the playoffs. Remember, he led the postseason in scoring in goals uh, his rookie season in 2017 when the Penguins won the Stanley Cup. So he's a proven playoff performer that goes with that as well. That's going to add up to a really significant return for the Penguins. And why that's so important is because they've already traded their first round pick this year to get Eric Carlson. They need to begin restocking that cupboard and Gensel is the perfect way to do it. Yeah. Just be, it'd be really disappointing. I mean, I understand it has to be done. It makes a lot of sense, but a team with Crosby and Malkin and Latang and Carlson not being able to get in is just yeah. absolutely yeah. mind numbing y yourself and Gregor had a really good debate today about some of the missteps Kyle Dubas had taken on, uh, on the DFO rundown. In the goalie side of things, Frank oh, sorry, and, and quickly on the Smith market, I forgot to answer that part. Um, it certainly is an interesting market, someone that has not been a fit in Pittsburgh, but the Penguins have the ability here to retain half on Smith, knock him down to two and a half million bucks. Which the headline of my story today on DFO is that the Vegas Golden Knights are shopping for a winger. I'm told they were shopping for a winger before Mark Stone went down with his injury. He is out for quote a while um which would theoretically if you're reading between the lines lead many to believe that uh that's for the remainder of this regular season that that would only heighten the vegas golden knights interest and uh need to acquire a winger that smith bringing him back man you know he fits that seems to connect a lot of dots and make a lot of sense to me Stone's going to be on LTIR. They got the cap space to get them both, Frank. <laughs> I mean, that's the other part of it. What kind of package could you put together? That'd be quite something. Uh, the goalie market. You have Jake Allen at five. You have Jacob Markstrom at 10. And while we just touched on some guys who rocketed up your board, Marc-Andre Fleury has plummeted down. I'll ask you similar to Gensel. Is it now maybe fair to say less than 50% chance that Marc-Andre Fleury at number 25 gets moved? Much less. I would say it's down to about a 10% shot that Marc-Andre Fleury moves a big reason for that is the wild are back in the race. They are only two points back. Uh, they are a team that I think in some ways actually has the inside track 
to be uh, that eighth seed in the West. And I think Flurry would love nothing more than to help that team get in. I don't think he's itching for a trade. I know the Wild don't want to move him. And so unless he comes to them and says, hey, we're definitively out, I'd like to keep my playoff streak going, I don't think he's going to move. And so you've got really three teams that are in the mix for goaltending, Colorado, New Jersey, and Carolina. And look, there's not uh, very many goalies available that are of impact and or substance. I think that leaves the, the Montreal Canadians in a great spot with Jake Allen, who can also retain. You'd have him for this year and next sub $2 million if they retain 50%. They've kept a retention slot open. I'm told it's been pretty quiet on the Allen front this week. But certainly um, you have to keep in mind that he's probably pretty likely to be on the move if they can find a taker for him because they don't really want to carry three goalies for the last quarter of the season. Last area I wanted to hit on with you, and if we could flash up that part of the trade targets again, Gavin. So Columbus, they fire Yarmo Kekalainen. John Davidson is going to take the reins here. Ivan Provorov is on your list. As you move a little bit further down, there are still names like Elvis Merzlikens. We've been hearing chatter throughout the last month or so about Roslevic and Tessier and even the depth demon that they have. What is going to go on in Columbus now that they don't have a permanent GM at the helm? And also, Provorov, one more year at 4.85, I believe, or 4.75 is the cap hit. The market for him, is is that maybe a chance for Columbus to recoup some solid future assets? You would think that it would be. Um, I just don't have any indication of how aggressive, Yarm, um, since Yarmo Kekalainen's out of the picture, that John Davidson will be as the interim. Um, you would think that they're going to need some pieces around that team with some of the guys that are going to be on the move to help some of these young guys along the year checks, the Matejchuks, et cetera, next year that with Rowensky, you would think that Provorov, the, the next GM might want Provorov to be in the mix. So outside of really the sort of simplistic, um, you know, moving on from the pending UFAs, I don't know how much of seismic changes John Davidson is going to make between now and then rather than turn over the keys to the next guy in charge and say, hey, this is your you know, blank canvas here. If you want to keep Provorov, by all means. And they've pretty much already said that about Boone Jenner, that he's not going anywhere. So I think they're going to try and as much as they can leave most of those decisions up to the next guy in charge. A look at the fresh trade targets list coming to Daily Faceoff. You can check the full story out over at the site later today. And it's all delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO, and it's brought to you by Tourism Jasper. Still time to make the most of winter out in the Rockies. Visit jasper.travel to find out more. Uh, we had a couple questions in here from Tyler Mulick in the YouTube chat. The first one was an update on the Devils goalie situation. You touched on that a little bit with them being one of the three teams kind of in the hunt. He also wanted to know, is there going to be a market for a guy like Anthony Duclair in San Jose? Yeah, I think there is. I think of the the Sharks guys that could potentially be on the move. I know a couple teams have been investigating uh, Mikhail Granlin, who does have some term. He's played a lot better this season. 
Uh, Duclair's season has really been up and down. It's of the Sharks players that could move, though. He's certainly much more likely than someone like Mike Hoffman, who's riding a 27-game goalless drought. Um, Duclair, I think people are still intrigued by the speed. Obviously, he's got the hands, and I think a change of scenery could be really beneficial for Duclair. Yeah, $3 million cap hit this year. You would imagine a contending team would like him a lot more if it was chopped in half. But then you mentioned but, a guy like Granlin. He's got one more year at five mil. Like the Sharks only have one retained salary spot. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They've got some real choices to make between Granlin. Then that would lock, if they were to do that, then that would lock them up from trading Couture or Hurdle in the summer. You know, it makes a lot more sense if you're going to use a retained slot now to do it on someone like Duclair and try and get a better return and then get one more retained salary slot back in the summer when Duclair's contract expires. Joel has been dropping in this question a lot as of late, so I'll just throw it to you very quickly. Uh, Calgary, any idea of them flipping Kuzmenko? They're keeping him, right? Uh, I think they really like Kuzmenko. I think he was off to a good start. I think he's sort of been up and down so far, but I think they see some promise there and, if they're going to move him, I think it would be in the summer that I think they want to get as much of an evaluation process as they can. He was a big part of the reason why they made the trade with Vancouver for Lindholm, that they felt like they were one of the few teams they could get a legitimate NHL player back in return that could help them now and in the future. Let's move along to our daily bets. It's brought to you by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca. A couple of plays for you here on a Thursday night, a pretty busy Thursday night as well. I'm going with the St. Louis Blues on the money line. They are home underdogs against the New York Islanders, and I really don't understand that. The Islanders are 10-16 and 16 straight up on the road this year. The Blues are 16-12 and 12 straight up. On home ice this season, the Blues have six wins in their last 10. The Islanders only have four. So you're giving me a team that's better when it comes to home and road splits and that has been playing better hockey as of late. I know they're on a two-game slide, but still, I like the Blues tonight on home ice at plus 102. And a shot prop parlay for you coming in at plus 167. Luke Hughes has seen this number hit in five consecutive games. Aaron Ekblad's only hit in three of five. But he does have 14 shots on goal in that span, and he's hit this mark in 11 of 13. So play those two D-men together for a nice, juicy plus 167. Brings us to garbage time for the day. Frank brought to you by Wendy's and the Daily Faceoff Survivor Pool. You can get your picks in now at dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. If you happen to still be alive, good on you. Frank, you're done, right? You're, you're cooked. You don't even need to ask the question once we get past Monday. I'm just no good at this. Uh, I want to wrap up with a nice little moment on the bench for the Chicago Blackhawks between Connor Bedard and Nick Felino. You're just slow. Like, yeah, not... but if you pull away, I know, but then I think the back checker gets to it. Are you calling me slow? No, I'm saying you're going slow at your time. Nick Foligno giving him the little like, what are you talking about then? You're pissing me off. Uh, shows a little bit, Frank. You know, it's light. It's it's funny. But also the value of having a good veteran like that to keep Connor Bedard nice and light. Nick Foligno just full of interesting comments. Yesterday he was asked by some Flyers reporters about his, uh, you know, how much he looks, bears a resemblance to Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach, which he had like all sorts of comments about the team too, which I thought was awesome. So Nick Foligno uh, enjoying his time around the 18-year-old phenom and certainly seems like he's enjoying his time in Chicago as well after re-upping. 
Yeah, uh, and got himself paid as well. That's a wrap on today's edition of Daily Faceoff Live. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow, Friday at noon Eastern. Stephen Ellis is going to swing by. So for Frank Saravalli, our producer, Gavin Turnick, Pat Puff on the graphics, we'll be back tomorrow, noon Eastern. Chat with you then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.